You are listening to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss our RC adventures. Welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of the new RC Flyer. Join your hosts, Michael and Jay, as they take flight at the park. Now on with the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the Park Flyer Podcast. I'm Michael from Arizona, and with me always is my good friend, Jay from the Hills, Texas. And unfortunately, Mike is not with us today. AZ Mike, I'm sorry, AK Mike is not with us tonight. True, true, true. He's, unfortunately, he does have a life. And, I know. And so, uh... He has to play hooky for today. Well, and I, I'm honestly, I should be playing hooky too because uh, I'm actually in training. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. work. Well, well, congratulations anyway. Hey, thanks. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, I switched over from. Uh, I was flying a seven five seven. Now I'm actually flying the seven eighty. But it's too small. Yes. Now I'm actually flying the seven eighty seven. Now Mike's gone to the bigger, bigger, bigger <laughs> airplane. So yeah, I've jumped over to the wide body. So anyway, that'll uh, give me a chance to go over to stretch my legs a few more places and head across the pond. So Hawaii, I did that for a couple of years. I was always in Hawaii. Everybody was always giving me a rash. And now, uh, now I can be in, I know, right now I can be in other places. <laughs> exactly. So, Oh my goodness. Let's talk about the AMA uh, expo. Cause it's coming up. Where's, uh, where's it at this year? Uh, it's in Pomona, California. It's the AMA West. It's called the AMA expo West. That's right. Okay. So la- I think last year, uh, once again, you you were kind of planning on going, but a bunch of guys, maybe one or two of the guys from yeah. uh, your old field, right, or the park, right. went there. Right. Yeah, that that should be that should be. Under- are they are they planning to going again? You this know, year I have or, I haven't or, talked to them because I'm uh, not you know where I'm supposed oh, to there. be. Yeah, okay, <laughs> I'm down in Dallas actually, but uh, no, I don't know if they're going to go or not. When I get back, I'll have to uh, you know, or one of these times when I head back to the house, I'll I'll ask them, but. Um, I I don't know, you know. I think I have that time off, so maybe I can scoot over there and and uh, and take a gander. But it's on the first through the third of November, uh, two thousand nineteen, at the Pomona California Fairplex. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, when we talked to our AMA guy, he said that this they divided it into two, uh, one on the east coast, one on the west coast. Um, but I'm not sure they're going to do that again next year. So if you're on the west coast and this is your opportunity to go. Uh, I know they were looking for a venue for, you know, a one-time thing, but maybe they, uh, I, I guess we'll have to get in touch with some. We should ask Jay Marsh uh, when we talk to him. Uh, at the, Duh. Uh, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> anyway, he would have been the guy to ask. So somebody, if uh, if you know it, you know, if you know what they're going to continue to do it, they may have decided to just do two every year. Uh, that's really kind of convenient because it's not too far from us. And since I have the time off, uh, maybe I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll scoot out there and take a gander because uh, – it's supposed to be a big deal this year, so uh, a lot of new products I think are coming out. And uh, unfortunately, best in the West, uh, you know, I didn't get to go to that either because I left for training. But yeah, Spencer and those guys went; they had a blast. Uh, we'll have to get him on and and talk to him a little bit about um, how he. So know. so he can rub it in. So he can. Man, it was so cool, and you should have saw this. I know, and Mike. You would have loved that this. Crazy! Thing. It's just insane. <laughs> He took his uh, F-16 there, so uh, I haven't talked to him because I've been in training, but I'll uh, I'll see if he sold it. Well, uh, well, think about this. He's saving you a lot of money. He is. I appreciate that. Although I will tell you that the whole the whole time leading up to that, because I, uh, I left for Dallas on, like, the Saturday that the thing was going on. You know, it was, uh, what was yeah. that, the 5th? I left on the 5th of October, 
And unfortunately, the you know, I had a couple of days before and I was doing some study and getting ready to go to, you know, this training. And he was calling me every day. Hey, you got to drive out there with me. Hey, you got to go out there. You know, it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You got to be in school. You're leaving on Saturday. This will give you a perfect chance to come out and hang out and play. I said, unfortunately, no. <laughs> I can't. I, I don't have any any reason to be there because I just would be spending the money. You know, I would be spending money looking at all this stuff, going, "Oh my gosh!" And I would not be thinking about training. And if I don't have Except, my job, I have no hobby. So, <laughs> it right. kind of they, funds they kind of my feed hobby. upon each other, right? Yeah. Because I was just thinking that even though you probably could have squeaked it. You know, kind of squeaked oh, yeah, out the release, and then you know, problem. left it in the middle of the show type of thing. Right, right. It, it just didn't work out for you, bud. Because I mean, your mm-hmm. schedule was such that you got scheduled. This is and true. And then you had to have your study time. Right, you know, right. to complete your packages before you went to work. You know, and it was, it just wouldn't have worked out. It wasn't like you were like, hmm. Good thing I studied last month. <laughs> I know <laughs> that right? was not happening. Yeah, because I only got notified uh, like on the twelfth of October that I was actually going to school. So it happened pretty quickly. Uh, they only gave me about two weeks' notice. Uh, before I had to be here. So, well, if you're uh, on the West Coast, once again, go to the AMA, Wex, uh, AMA Expo West, first uh, through third in November 2019. Uh, speaking of new products out there, I am sure that Motion RC is going to be there because at Nall in the fall, they released a new product. Yeah, and this one's right up your alley as well. Why does everybody say that? Just because I do that for a living, everybody assumes I'm going to get this big airliner. But they released an airliner. It's a 737 Max, I think. Which you can't fool me. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know, I, I fly them every day. So why a real one? So why would I want to have a model one, uh, uh-huh. Mister? Oh, I love. I would love to get one of the plane that I'm just flying in the same colors and the same American <laughs> thing. Oh, come on. Don't, well, don't yeah, it's uh, you know, it's one of those things that um, if I had it, I, I wouldn't, you know. I wouldn't be like, oh, I don't want this, you know. Yeah, scoff. Oh, hmm. <laughs> Every day you're looking at the oh, stupid box. It's always in my way. <laughs> it's not in the box. Uh, <laughs> the good news is it comes in white, and you can customize it however you want to customize it. I think it has a blue tail or some stickers or something. Uh, I, I distinctly have a, a feeling that Callie over at Cali Graphics is going to be incredibly busy doing all kinds of I'm sure she could hook you up. I'm the, sure she could. Yeah, she's probably going to be busy doing different stuff. Um, you know, very similar to the A10, they came with three or four different. Now, this is just the pre-release, by the way. It's not on the shelves. This is just their uh, debut. They they um, they brought it out at all in the fall, and uh, you know, surprisingly enough, it you know was a big hit. They uh, they did a maiden flight over there. It's got the lights. It's got uh, I think it runs off a one five thousand milliamp battery, which is amazing for two EDFs. Because uh, the A10, you know, it runs off a of two. Um, but at the same time, you know, they're still kind of in that development phase. This is their, their, they did the same thing with the A10. They bought, they brought one in the U.S. and then they went around to all the shows and you know let everybody kind of demo it. So uh, they were letting some guys demo it. They really liked it. It flew really well. I saw a video of it, and um, it's an amazing, especially if you can customize it to your own. Which I, I really think they're starting to get into this whole custom thing. The L39s got customized. The A10s got customized. The F4s got customized. So. They're basically, you know, kind of bringing these in, and it's all painted white already. It's not just raw, so it's actually got right. a white coat of paint. So it's a good base coat paint, you know, if you wanted to do something different with it. So, and then I think the windows are all stickers, and the doors are stickers. So you you can do all the painting before you add all that stuff. You don't have to, 
you know, put the windows well, on. I, I was just thinking about you. You were just talking about they were just using one five thousand milliamp battery. Mm-hmm. You know, how are they doing that? Since your A ten uses two of them, and even though it has two engines, I was just thinking about it because I, I saw the video that you sent me. And most of the time, the guy was saying that he was cruising. I, I want to say he said he was cruising at like 30% throttle the whole time. Just uh, yeah, he said he wasn't in anywhere near half throttle, I think. You know, so. and, and if you think about it, that style of plane, you, 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 you're not flying it to go Mach 17. True. It's not a speed deal. You know, it's, it's a scale aircraft that mm. you're flying. You know, you may be doing some, you know, aerobatics and stuff with it. But, I mean, honestly, you're going to be just, it's the, wow, that looks cool. That looks so realistic. So you're not, you know, well, I, I shouldn't say you're not because, you, you know, that you, between you and Spencer, that kind of disqualifies things. <laughs> yeah, don't use us but, as an example. <laughs> you know, how long did you fly for? A minute and a half. Right. Two minutes. <laughs> and I had to land. Exactly. You know, well, gee, I, I'm amazed the wings stuck, you know, stayed on when you were diving it out of the sky from, you know, 3,000 feet. That's actually pretty funny. Skimming that. about, you know, six inches off the ground. Mm-hmm. Exactly. With the passengers screaming. You've got to have little people looking out the window like, help us. <laughs> well, you know, amazingly <laughs> enough, the uh, airline wings, uh, just the route, the way the whole airplane's built, it is very efficient when it flies. I mean, that wing creates an incredible amount of lift. Unlike a fighter airplane that has really stubby wings that you really have to be going fast because they're really thin, uh, this wing is big, fat. You know, it slowed way down. It landed, you know, idle thrust and the whole deal. Where some of these fighter jets, even the A-10 and the F-16s, if right. you chop fuel, the throttle, fuel does not matter. Put the they gear. don't have to pay. We pay for the fuel. Correct. So what does it matter if you, if you burn up? 40 gallons just to right, taxi right. five feet. Exactly. You know. So, but, you know, it's it looks like a good airplane. I can't wait till they actually come out with, uh, you know, the production version. We'll kind of see it. I, I'm sure, I'm hoping, uh, cross my fingers, that uh, they might have one out at the at the Electric Festival here in Arizona. When, uh, when Ooh, that'd be there. neat. So, uh, I know Tony uh, Cuso, he usually brings the new, you know, some of the new stuff out. So, hopefully they have one or two of those and he'll bring it out and and give everybody a, a look at it. Uh, it's supposed to be bigger than the A-10. I, I, he didn't really give the specs. Uh, they kind of kept a lot of that stuff secret because it's still in its uh, you know, right. infancy. Pre-production. You know, they just wanted to right. release it. So, you know, once again, going to the AMA Expo in uh, November, I, I think, uh, or, you know, <clears throat> I think you're going to see a lot of the new products coming out. And especially now that uh, those guys said that if this becomes popular, uh, he did mention on his video that um, you may start seeing more of this type of airplane come out, more of the transport category style airplanes. Right. And I know that several years ago, you and I had a kind of a call with, not really a call, it was a sit-down chat, and uh, Tony asked us what we would like to see. We mentioned a few of those airplanes. I don't know if That's you remember true. that. So maybe we'll get lucky and, and see one of those come out too because there were a couple that were – that would have been cool, you know. That would be cool if they came out. I'd be like, "Ooh, I gotta have that," you know. So <laughs> now Ooh. I will tell you, Ooh, I did I fly the seven three. Sounds very familiar. I know, right? I did fly the seven three. I'm not really sure if this is the, you know, if I want this seven three or not. Uh, I'm still kind of a fighter guy at heart, um, but I am I am pretty impressed with what I've seen so far. So I'm interested to see what else they have it, you know, when it comes out, how it performs. Like you said, that plane is designed about fuel efficiency, aerodynamics. Right. I could see where it could sip on a battery as opposed to the A10. You know. Yeah, you know, and it has two. Uh, I want to say it has two sixty or seventy millimeter. So they're smaller. They're not the eighty millimeters. 
uh, 80 millimeter right. motors are going to burn up, you know, a lot more amps. So yep. having smaller motors that produce a little bit, you know, higher thrust rating, maybe it's, maybe it's a good combination, but I'm sure as anything else, they'll probably come out with bigger nacelles for, you know, 90 millimeter ones or whatever. Uh, <laughs> that would be kind of awesome to have a big 90 millimeter, you know, airliner stuff, but it may be an option, dude. Don't worry. I know. It well, may be an we'll option. see how, we'll see how excited people are about this one and, and go from there. Uh, That's crazy. Super efficiency engines. I know, right? <laughs> <Just> these, <laughs> cramming these big 90 or 110, 120. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. I actually did look at one. Uh, there was a guy on RC groups that was selling a uh, 757 that was uh, eight feet long and had like an 11 foot wingspan. And it used uh, two 90 millimeter EDFs. And I really seriously thought about it, but I was like, what am I going to do with that thing? You know what I mean? So I, I passed. I got the turbine L thirty nine instead. Go figure. Dun dun dun. <laughs> yeah, crazy me. Oh, speaking of which, uh, so what's uh, what what little two bid? Uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Doodads. Are you working on that on now? I think the last time I talked to you about that aircraft, you were waiting on some parts, and so I'm thinking now. You know, we've had several podcasts that go by, so. Did you get the parts in? Have you been working on it? Yeah, you know, honestly. Have you been like, squirrel? I, There's something else you've been working on. <laughs> no, there really hasn't been anything I've been working on specifically other than studying for my new airplane, you know, for the change at work. Um, believe it or not, that's, once again, I have to put emphasis on the fact that that's what funds my hobby. So if I don't <laughs> do well at work. And it also I, keeps Mama happy because the lights stay on it, when, she's, exact, when she's, yeah, exactly. she's home and she has enough to sit sit in the dark with a candle. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, look, honey, we got another candle today. Uh, no, it's there's been a couple of things, you know, just life gets in the way. Obviously, we're doing some things on my end that required my attention. And I was right. waiting on the gear doors uh, to come in. We had talked to Skymaster about them. They didn't come in, and Spencer was worried about his, you know, he was all geared up about his uh, F-16 trying to get it ready to take the best in the West. And so we focused more on his. I went over to his place a couple of times uh, in the last month or so, and, and you know helped him with some landing gear because his one sixth scale he was trying to get it done to take the best in the west i don't think he did but he wound up taking the smaller one instead so he had both sets of landing gear and uh, i just think they were rushing that back as opposed to making new gear doors for me so i really haven't done much with mine uh just yet you know i spent some time down at your place and then came back and found out i was actually going to training right, got so, picked up, right yeah i kind of just focused on all that but but you, you do have some new parts that actually came in, right? For your... Yeah. Sure. So, you know, since you came and helped me uh, put together the giant Aeromaster, mm-hmm. so it not that I've been working on the plane per se. Now, I have gotten a few or ordered a few parts for things that, once again, you don't think about, and I you kind of go, well, I, I must have that somewhere. Yeah, I think you and I talked good. about it when I was there, right? I asked if you had a couple of things. Sure, and that like servos and whatever, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. Look in the look in that drawer over there. There's you know a ton of servos, or I got something. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah, uh, they're dude, only they understand. Yeah, they're nine millimeters so, or nine yeah. nine so gram I servos. Think, I don't think you those are going to you know. I was thinking I had some standard servos too, but they still you know once again they were older, weren't up to snuff, so yeah. no big deal. <laughs> but like you said, I I I've had to change my thought process about this whole thing of going to a my first gas airplane. How's that? Um, like you said, accessories. So, uh, like one of the accessories I ordered was a nose cone and, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll just get myself a little aluminum or, you know, carbon fiber 
nose cone. And I just kind of had in my head, ah, I'll just go here. Those guys should have it. And then I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I have a, you know, DLE 55, you know, clone or whatever engine. That's not going to work. Right. Because it's a whole different type of base plate. Sure. It's not, you know, the, the nose cones that I'm thinking are not gas. They're for uh, just the regular glow. So, you know, they're, it's the one I need is bigger. It has to be drilled differently. <laughs> right. You know, it it's a different scale altogether for size. So it just kind of not didn't confuse me. I just had to get wrap my head around it and go, oh, I was going to order like these two things. And I'm glad I just didn't pull the trigger like you at two in the morning. Right. Because I would have had boxes of parts coming in that I couldn't use on anything. <laughs> right. So luckily I was I did some little bit of research and I got the right parts and pieces like for you know, like I said for the nose cone and stuff sure but one of the other things that i that i've had to wrap my head around is uh, you know once again oh i got plenty of batteries i got this oh wait this does not take batteries it does not i don't need my charger you know other than for one or two batteries in the plane but right it's fuel and one of the things you got to have is a gas can well how hard is that just get it I, I got tons of gas cans laying around the house here right sure Oh yeah, so I got to take the fuel out. I just can't pour it like in the lawnmower. <laughs> just <laughs> blub, 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 blub. yeah, you, you can't just way. put a funnel to the tank and just <laughs> no. pour it in. Is that what you're saying? No, no, right. So right. I'm like, oh man, I I need a whole gear setup. Yes, just for fuel. Okay, what do I need? Yeah, you don't really think so, about that, do you? No. So I, I once again I got on the internet and I I looked at you know like typical fuel can setups and uh, you know oh you can just order it. And I'm like, they want how much just for a fuel can and a and a, hand, and a pump? Right. Oh, no way. I'm not going to pay that. So then it was the go on YouTube, just start looking around at different stuff that people were putting together. And then I had to go out and get the gear. Mm. So one of, I did have the gas can. I, I had a, a one-gallon, two-gallon gas cans laying around, so that was no problem. Well, it was a problem because I needed a different type of gas cap. Right, because the one that you just screw on that pours out and you have to hold the thing, right. all the and new stuff, the funnel doesn't on work. It or something doesn't yeah, doesn't, doesn't work, work for me. No. All right, so I needed either a uh, a fully enclosed or a closed gas cap that goes on her. And let me tell you, folks, you just can't get a gas cap that's you know fully enclosed or closed top one. It's either have it has the circle in it, you know, or, and that's it. Right. So I'm like, whoa, where the heck can I get one of these? So I'm looking on Amazon and. And once again, it was like, you know, you're reading the descriptions of the cans that it fits. And so they're kind of like, it may fit this one. It may not, you know, because that big, you know, when I, what was it, a couple of years ago, they kind of changed the standard of the, of the gas cans. Of the cans, threads, you know, yeah. The, so uh, it was either like for a the threads two and, or three and also for the, uh, uh, you know, it used to be, uh, what am I thinking, uh, you know, letting air in, into the, into oh, it, right, you know, for a safety right. thing. They made them, they made them, uh, they made them really safety conscious right. or whatever that kind of screwed them up. And now they, they don't pour as well as the old gas cans did. Sure. And it's kind of like uh, when you bought a, a turkey fryer, remember? Oh, you, yeah, You saw yeah, mine, yeah. and you're like, I'm going to get a turkey fryer. And then you got yours, and you're like, what do you mean? i got to hold the button down with my left toe. <laughs> right. i got to turn this switch over here, do this. It only runs for like over. 12 minutes at a time, and then you have to reset yeah, Jay it. Jay just yeah. walked over, through a, through a match at the thing, <laughs> and, and it exactly. started, and it sounded like a jet engine. Then they put those safety features on it. Okay, right. so anyway, um, so this is where I was glad that I actually got a, a 3D printer. I was able to 3D print out a gas cap that I needed. No. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I had to actually fiddle with it a, a little bit because a, the original design that I was able to get off a of Thingiverse 
was the typical one with uh, a gas, you know, the, the nozzle. You know, you turn it upside down, goes into the gas gas can. Well, I just put a, a base on the top of it and enclosed it. So I was like, woohoo, and it worked. And I was like, you know, pat myself on the back. After I did my test one, I printed out another one, you know, made the walls a little thicker, this, that, and the other thing. Right. And I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to get the, the bro quick fill type of setup. And basically it's for that or gas, just like uh, fuel, um, glow fuel cans where you just drill a hole through the lid. Oh, uh, yeah, you just cap. stick it in there, screw in the cap. And then and then screw it down on either side, and then you right. can put your tubes to right. it, right? So right. I got I got one of those, and you could use it for glow or gas. And my idea was, hey, I could just drill a hole through the cap, put this thing on either side, and life is wonderful. Sure. Did that, and then I'm just, like, looking at the cap all the time after I'd done it, and I was all proud at first, and I'm just like, it, it kind of looks like it's off. You know, I... Oh, the hole? I didn't get it... Yeah, the hole. Oh, because you drill a hole in it, It wasn't right? square. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it wasn't square. It was kind of off-center. And it and it, it was functional, yes, but it just was one of those things I kept looking at it like, what's wrong with this? Your your OCD side started kicking in, and you're like, this is <laughs> Just off. a little bit. Not, off by two not to say mine's as bad as you or Spencer or anything <laughs> like that, but it just it just was bothering me a little bit. Sure. So then I was like, ah, oh, I, I need to do something about this, you know. Why, um, why didn't you just design it with a hole already in it? <sighs> so you realize that after you, I waited the hour for the thing to print out. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, with this new 3D printer, I could tell it what exactly the whole size I needed. Right. Because that was another thing. Uh, I was, my drill bits were just shy of the, you know, the size that I needed. Of course. That's so anyway, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I went back into uh, my <laughs> CAD program and told that I, the size hold that I needed and told my printer to print it out and voila, you know. Another hour, hour and a half later, printed out my, my gas cap that I needed. So, you know, now I'm all happy. Um, but, yeah, I, I was able to print this thing out. And the nice part about it is um, where the other one, when I drilled a hole through it, since it's not injected molding, um, it's not solid all the way through. So it kind of has this infill space. And I was like, oh, well, not the gas is going to get in there, but there's a potential of gas getting in there. And by printing the hole, a hole in there, then the sides are actually uh, square and filled in. So no gas can get into the oh, cap. It won't swell. It won't expand. Nothing can happen to it. So right. Anyway, I, it's just amazing the stupid things that I'm learning as I'm making parts for the things that I need. Well, the the good news the good news is uh, if you were listening to our podcast, uh, send us an email and we can send you a gas cap with an off center hole in it. <laughs> thanks to authentic. <laughs> thanks to Jay Park Flyer exclusive. That's Park right. Flyer you podcast. you too can have one. Uh, we only have That's one. Right. We're giving it away to the first person that needs a gas cap with an off-center hole. So send us an That's email right. at theparkflyerpodcast.gmail.com. <laughs> exactly. And uh, Jay will send a, a, a signed photo of himself, too, I'm sure. I'll just, like, put it in there. That's right. <laughs> oh, my That's gosh. Right. That's too funny. So the other half of this is um, I, I – so I got, you know uh, – gas cap things filled out but the other thing is now i need some sort of a pump system to go right to go with it right you got to get the gas out of one tank into the other tank exactly so i kind of went down the rabbit hole on this i was like uh, well I, of course i'm old and lazy so i want an electric one don't i mm-hmm. of course i looked at getting an electric one and you know hobby king uh had a sale uh, back in october you know this big their cyber sale or whatever sure. so i was like ooh. so i get on there and and sure enough they're they have one, you know, for a pretty inexpensive price, but they're all sold out. Of course. 
And anytime you need, anytime every, you need something, it's going to be uh, sold out. That's the way and it on works. On top of that, everywhere in the world was sold out. Of course. <laughs> I mean, literally everywhere in the world for this Turnigy, you know, electric pump was out everywhere. <laughs> I was looking at, you know, different versions, different brands. And then I was like, well, you had told me to get a, uh, like a uh, Hangar 9 or a Dubro, you know, quick quick fueler or hand pump. That's yeah, a hand crank. It's, I think uh, Hangar 9 makes it. It's just a little. Yeah. You turn and, and I ended up getting the Hangar 9 one. The reason I ended up getting it, though, I, I just said, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, once again, this is a fate thing. Maybe it's fate that's trying to tell me, don't get this. <laughs> this is the reason, you know, don't get this, Jay. That's why I made it unavailable on the whole entire planet. Yeah. You should not get this thing. So I did some research, and for the size plane, although it's big to me, compared to most other fuel aircraft, um, really until you you get into, you know, um, not quarter scale, but, uh, you know, not half scale, but turbines, third scale. Turbines, you know, <laughs> where you Where the tanks are quite significant, uh-huh. that's that's when you really need to have, you know, an electric fuel pump. Yeah, because I think uh, Barry that, has one that's got almost three gallons. So you're yeah. sitting there going zzz, 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 with your hand. I mean, mine is actually exactly one gallon, and pumping one gallon of gas by hand is takes a while, especially in exactly. that little bitty you know little bitty pump that's only pumping a little bit of gas at a time. So and I want to say the one that's electric, the one in the Aeromaster is what like maybe ten ounces. Yeah, something like that. You know, and so basically, from what I read, they were like, well, the problem with you know, things under, like you said, a gallon. Right. Uh, if it's only, you know, 16 ounces, 18 ounces and under, it's easier to do with a hand pump. And that way you don't waste as much fuel when you, when you actually, you know, you go over what's, you know, overspill, I guess, whatever they call it, you know, that you know it's full. Oh, right, right. And, it comes out the, and the, they said, uh, and they said it's, easy, the it's easier to tell when your tank's full. Um, right. And it's easier to unload it that way as opposed to an electric pump. You tend to waste, you know, once again, it's by, you know, think of it a volume. So the amount of gas that when you fill your gallon tank compared to a 10-ounce tank, by the time it takes you to shut the switch off and for it to all, you know, settle out, you waste very little in a big tank like that. Right. You know, in that system and the fuel lines. But in the littler, littler, I, 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 so funny I'm saying little and I'm looking at this, you know, big-ass plane sitting <laughs> in the background. Taking up your whole room. <laughs> you don't waste as much fuel over over a period of time with you know just having a hand pump because right. you can just oops some fuel starting to dribble out you know I, i'll stop right so i went with that and you know now i'm just looking at my parts and pieces and i'm i'm also looking at my 3d printer to think of some way to make a little thing that all hooks up to the to the pump and that's where i'm at right now it's just designing how everything's going to fit on the gas can and I can make something very convenient, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, there's actually, uh, if you go and look at some of the, um, the actual gas cans that are out on the market today, uh, you'll see that they have uh, a little plate. Matter of fact, one of the guys, I think, was making them here, but it's just a little plate that uh, sits on the side. It kind of hooks around the gas cap opening. Mm-hmm. You put the cap on, and then there's this little plate that sits beside it that holds the, you know, the pump. So... I've seen a, a lot of different ones, and yeah, they are expensive. I think Jersey Modelers is what all the guys use because they sell both a five and a seven gallon uh, tank. And when you're mm-hmm. right, when you're burning, you know, when you have a two gallon tank and you have five gallons, you're only going to fly twice, right? Because then that's right. four gallons of gas. You got one more gallon that's not even going to put, you know, put enough fuel in there. So seven gallons will get you three flights. You know, you're pumping all that stuff. So 
I actually have one of those. I think I literally, thanks to you, Jay, I bought the last one because I knew you wanted one. So I actually have the little electric turnage one here. <laughs> and uh, I think <laughs> Mr. Bone, you buy last one. <laughs> I did buy the you last one. You screw that, Jay. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> That's why I bought it before I went and told you about it so I would get it and you wouldn't, right? Uh, but you know what? You're going to find that that hand crank uh, does, it, it, for a little tank like yours, because I think yours isn't even 900 cc's or something. I think it's half that, right? Um, I, I think so. I it's think it's so. fairly small. Uh, it's a Dubro. I think it's about 30, I don't even know if it's 32 ounces, but uh, I, don't think you're not so. talk- I don't think it's 32. Yeah, I think it might be a little less than that, maybe 28 ounces. But anyway, you know, the motor doesn't doesn't use a whole lot of gas anyway. You'll fly for about five minutes on that type of tank. But I will tell you that it doesn't take long to fill it. And it does, you know, because I have my big um, Katana is hand-cranked. I hand-cranked that one, and it's a 32-ounce. And by the time it got full, you can actually see it. Unfortunately, you can't see your tank. Like, I can right. see all mine, but it, yours is under the underneath it, so and it's enclosed, so you're not going to be able to be looking at the tank. So you actually have to spin it until it comes over, until it vents over. And once it mm-hmm. vents overboard, then you're like, oh, I'm full, and then you go fly. Right. So with a hand crank, you're right. As soon as it starts to dribble, you're fine. Where if you were, if you had a really, you know, electric pump, it would pressurize that thing, and you would just be, you know, be like a fire hose, and then gas at the bottom of your airplane. So it, it's good for now. You know, when you start getting bigger airplanes with bigger tanks, you'll be wanting to switch over. Well, that's well, exciting that you got I'm on, the, I'm on the Neely plan, so I don't have to worry about, uh, mm-hmm. you know, jumping into something too big after, uh, you know, uh-huh. one flight. And the next thing you know, I, I got something twice that size after the next week. That's just not going to happen. So I kind of saved myself. All right. You heard it here, semi, folks. It's just not going to happen. We know what that means. <laughs> oh, oh, no. Because <laughs> that's what I said, too, right? About when I went to Best in the West. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to buy it. I just go in there to have fun. I'm not buying the turbine out of there. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks a lot. What's the matter? You don't believe me. That's crazy. Oh, man. Well, you know, I kind of knew something was up because Spencer was talking. Hey, man, how can I get him into the take him to a show? You know, uh-huh, that'll do it every time. Whatever I want him to get show. into some sport, either I bring it to him or, you know, I give it to him for a gift and that just sets him <laughs> off. And he just... Yeah, he's 120% each time. It's crazy. That's it. Well, That's it. Uh, thank you very much. Well, so uh, it sounds like you've actually figured out, I mean, if you're printing gas caps and stuff, it sounds like you've figured your 3D printer out. I'm, uh, I'm learning. The biggest thing that I've learned uh, after doing this, um, for anybody who's thinking about getting a printer, the, the first thing you really need to do is to sit down and watch a bunch of videos on how to set your machine up properly. And what I mean by that is the first thing that you need to do is to get your your machine needs to be level. The bed needs to be level so that you get a good base on your on your on your bed. You have to lay down the first layer nice and smooth, nice and thin, nice and squished, so it sticks to your bed and doesn't peel up. You know, three quarters of the way through the print. That's like the number one thing to to get done. The other thing is, so I, you know, I was able to finally figure that out. But what I'm finding out now, um, like when I'm printing the gas can, and I let's say I want a half inch hole. Well, when I was printing mine out, the hole wasn't coming out to a half an inch. It, it was coming out smaller than what I was supposed to what I was supposed to have, and it was driving me crazy as to why the hole was not printing out the right size. Or I was printing out some parts where you have parts inside of parts. Now that's the the really cool thing about FDM printers. 
you can print things and, you know, like I said, hinges, you could print, um, I don't know, ball bearings, you know, in a, wow. it, all together, you know, and you can print them inside all together, all, all included inside each other, which is really kind of mysterious and very, very cool. Now, if you don't have your machine tuned, right? Yeah, all you're going to be getting is these fused parts. <laughs> how, how well can I fuse these things together? <laughs> right. Uh, I, I was printing out a little toy um, that I thought was kind of cool for me or, you know, for, for us or, or my girls or something. Sure. And it was a little catapult. And I thought, man, this is going to be kind of cool. I, you know, it, it looks, pretty, looks pretty easy. I, I think I can do this. I printed it out, and the first one looked pretty good, and it kind of worked. But something broke off of it, so I printed it again. And the next one, I, when I went to bend it, I broke the whole top of the, the catapult off. And I was like, <laughs> what the heck did I just do? Why did it do that? They got man hands. Snap. <laughs> yeah, I got man. Exactly. After a little bit of investigation, I, I just could not get, I kept printing it over and over and over and over again. And I started playing with different things. And I kind of got it to, to print. But by the time it got done printing the pieces together, they were all fused. Like if I took a flamethrower, to the separate parts and just melted them all together. That's what was happening. So I thought it, I thought I was using too much plastic. I was trying to, you know, do all sorts of things. Was it was it too hot? Like it was melted? No, like I, it was hot? I, I thought I thought that was the problem too. Either I didn't have my cooling fan on enough. I like the temperature of the uh, plastic was too hot. Right. It was none of those things. It turns out that you have these little stepper motors, and um, they're able to they're they're able to be pretty precise. Okay. And they're, you know, so they're geared as well. Right. So uh, I shouldn't say they're geared. You can put different, um, not a gear head, but you can put a uh, spindle, like a spindle on top of them that can change the ratio of the, uh, of how when the motor turns, you know. Like a 10-speed bicycle sprocket? Kind of like a sprocket okay. is what you put on. So it's a, co- a cog wheel or something that you put on there? Something similar to it. The idea is you get, you know, for the sp- for the speed of the motor, the, how much the motor is going to run, you get the size sprocket that you need, you know. And so right. basically it comes out to a basic formula of you need, a, you know, for every uh, 100, 100 millimeters of filament that go through, um, you know, it should do that in a certain amount of time. You know, when you when turn the motor on, 100 meters of, of the filament should go through this thing, should go through this thing, the extruder or, or through, uh, through the motor. Problem was um, after I kind of learned what I was supposed to do, uh, I was mine was over extruding. It, I was getting too much plastic for every, like I said, hundred millimeters. I'm supposed to, you know, put this much plastic. So it's a volume of plastic. So instead of getting say a hundred hundred percent plastic, I'm getting a hundred and ten or a hundred and fifteen percent of plastic. That sounds like a good so, deal to me, though. If you're getting more, more is better, well, right? Well. Well, yeah, if you're trying to build a, a stronger part, but if you're trying to build parts that are precision, mm-hmm. that are supposed to fit together, well, the problem is is that, you know, it's only supposed to use 100% of the plastic, but you're trying to cram in 115% of the plastic. So that oh. means when you try to put two parts together that are supposed to be, you know, exact match, sure, they don't, they don't exactly mash up, you know. They're going to be too big to fit into each other. So you might have to sand off part or get out your file and try to file it down. And, and that's just a pain. And so that was basically what was happening. I, I finally figured that out after doing a little bit of reading. And I'm like, oh, I have to I have to figure this out. 
and get my machine tuned. And once I tuned it, man, I was getting beautiful prints. Um, everything was nice and shiny. Everything was even. Right. I was loving it. Huh. So you print them to get, you were showing me that you can print them to, uh, you know, like a screw and a nut. How, do, how does it, if they're together, how, how does it do the inside of the nut? All right. So since, you know, this stuff is printing layers. Right. Um, you you basically have to set up the tolerances between, like, say, the nut and, and you know, the wall, the wall of the nut and the wall of the, of the screw together. You just set up the tolerances, tolerances up so that there's just enough space between them. And as they're printing a layer by layer, you know, it's just as you it, it's just kind of weird to wrap your head around it because it, you know it's three dimensional, but if you're going by little layers, you're just printing down the layers of the thing and building it up, and then you're just leaving a gap, and then you're building the next thing and building it up, and then as you get up to the top of it, it encloses the screw or the nut, you know, it makes it a one solid object. It's kind of, it's really weird, but by doing it this way, you can make things like I said, things inside of things that are actually functional and may move. You know, you may have to crack them a little bit to get them to, to go. But oh, I see. It's really amazing. It's really amazing how it works. It just It's just really bizarre to see that you can make things inside of things or together like that. Yeah, the ball bearing you know. thing really was intriguing because you can actually make a, an encased ball bearing, right, where you can do sure. four little balls and they sit in a little track and the whole thing kind of moves. Yeah, no, absolutely. You, you can make things, you can make parts like that. You can make hinges, you know, something that's on a hinge, you you could print it all together. So you could actually build two parts, let's say, of a door and build the hinge inside both door. you know, already in the door. Hmm. But you would have to have you a know, pin that connects hinge. the two to two, though, right? It, it doesn't do the pin. It's just made out two. of plastic, that's all. Oh, wow. So it's just, it's just bizarre how that works. It is bizarre. I mean, it's bizarre, but it's neat. Um, so, of course, it may not be as strong as a pin with a metal screw through it. Mm-hmm. But it works really well. Um, and, and the other p- cool part about this 3D printing, if you need something with the strength that you need, you can, you can actually design it where, let's say it's a, uh, a nut. You can print the, you, you make something, have it stop halfway through the print, push the nut into the 3D print, and then tell it to finish the print. And now you have the nut, you can put, the, you can put a metal screw in, and now it goes through a metal nut that's inside the plastic part. Oh, I gotcha. Now that would actually be pretty cool because, like, if you had a blind nut or something, you wanted a blind nut to yeah, hold in there. Exactly, blind nut, Makes regular sense. nut. Yeah. So you can you can put metal metal things inside the plastic. It's just halfway through the manufacturing or design, you know, being being made. You just pause the print, push what you need into it, then tell it to print over it, hmm. and it'll just it'll print over it and and just chug along. And now you have a nut that's not going to fall out of the part. Now you can screw it in and, and screw it down. And not have to worry about black, you know, breaking it because it's plastic. It's there's all sorts of little tricks and stuff for this. Yeah, it's that's pretty cool. amazing, actually. I came across a couple of files for making actual airplanes. So uh, one of the the guys who uh, they're selling their design, they actually have the internal lattice work of a traditional like balsa uh, wing, and they gave you a little file so you could you know, test it on your printer and, you know, tune your printer for printing this thing. And so I just printed one out. Um, it's not beautiful. I, I definitely need to tweak it some more, but it was pretty neat. But, oh, my gosh, it, it definitely is going to take a little while to print the whole thing out. Now, but, that's uh, that's yeah. the, the lattice work picture you sent me that said, yes, what is sure this? 
And I, yeah. and then you think we it thought it was a basketball hoop, a flat basketball. <laughs> we said uh, Mike said it was a basketball hoop. I was thinking it was more like the net. Like if you cut the oh, net and gotcha. lay the net, if gotcha. you if you roll it into a circle, it looks like a basketball net because it's got the lattice work on it. But you, it wasn't. You, you said it was a wing, right? Right. It's a it's a it's an actual wing that you uh, that's like a regular tradish, traditional balsa you know setup. Uh, it even has holes that go through it so that you can put uh, carbon tubes through it to give oh. for strength, and then you just see them you know in place once you put them together. So. Um, and then after it's all done, now this is the part where I, I get a little confused. Um, I've seen some 3D printed planes, but they actually print the outside skin of the aircraft as part of the print. Right. Well, this one doesn't do that. It basically, it requires you to get like solar film or, you know, uh, ultra film and you, you cover it like a traditional aircraft. With like heat? Yes. Won't that melt your internal parts? That's what I. That's what I'm. I'm telling you. That's what I was thinking too. But no, you, you are able to. Um, You're probably, using using like ultra coat and some of these other ones. Yeah, that they're low, low temp. heat, low temp. Exactly, and so uh, you're able to. Now I don't know if you have to like pre-spray them. You know, that'd be another thing too. Yeah, because it'll stick to balsa. I don't. I've, I don't. I've never used it on plastic. Right, but they have this stuff called like balsa coat or whatever. Yeah, ultra and you can coat. Put yeah. it. Yeah. And you can put it on things that you're going to cover, and it, you right. know, it's basically you're putting liquid, you know, not liquid, but you're putting glue on sure. the thing that, you know, when you add the heat to the adhesive, it sticks to it better. So I don't know if you have to use that or not, but it, it's pretty intriguing, the whole setup for, for what you're able to do. Huh. Now, I don't know, it's one of those things, because I'm just like, you know, building a balsa plane, you know, you're going for the ultra, ultra lightness and still getting the strength out of it, mm-hmm. and even though this plastic piece seems very cool, you know, once again, working with foamies, you know, or, you know, or building, back when we were building stuff with uh, uh, Blue the core. foam sheets and yeah, stuff, yeah, or Depron, you know, it feels way heavier. So, you know, in my mind, I'm just like, wow, that's going to be really heavy. Although, with the modern, you know, motors and stuff we use, sure, actually, it wouldn't be all that heavy, you know. It's not like this well, I mean, the A10 weighs what ten pounds or twelve pounds or something. So, yeah. I mean, and that's just so all just, foam. That's a hundred percent foam, right? It's just so, so thick. I, I, I can see this thing's kind of cool because you can definitely, uh, you know, somebody who's really smart could design something. And right. You can get some really unusual, you know, shapes, parts, pieces. So I, I can sure. definitely see there's there's something to this 3D printing stuff, as well as the, the part that I'm just trying to get into now is just the whole mocking up cockpits and the stuff that you're able to print out and the all you know instrument panels all the little things for realism i mean the the neat thing about the stuff from motion rc is they give you for free they give you the pat you know the um, the uh, files so that you can print out things like ladders oh on your own right yeah, you know, for realism that you could put on the outside, like for the F4, they have this whole package right, that you right. can print out and, and make for it. And so, once again, whether you're using the resin style or the FDM style like mine, um, you're able to print this stuff out. And I just think that that's really quite cool. Well, it definitely makes, you know, a huge difference in the customization of the way you want to make your airplane because now you can actually make details that – on a foam airplane really didn't, you know, you didn't see detail work like that. Now all exactly. of a sudden you can, right? Yep. 
And if you wanted to make it really super uber detailed, you could. And even uh, on the turbine side, I know that uh, Spencer has one of those, you know, resin. What did you call it? A resin one? Resin. Resin. Yeah, where it dips down in and it's really fine Mm -hmm. detail. I mean, you can. He showed me a picture of um, this little gnome. I think is there a troll or something? Had a beard and Mm -hmm. you could see the hairs in his beard. It was like really uber fine. Right. And that's Um, where my printer does not go down to that kind of detail. Right. So. But I, you said you saw them on sale, right? So maybe you will get one. Oh, the, yeah, the price of those things. So last year, well, you know, uh, they've been out for the past year or two. Sure. They were running about 500 to 800 bucks for those resin printers. And they're small. Now, yeah, and they're very, very small. They, they, you know, that's the, usually guys who printed stuff out, they were doing it for casting jewelry, mm-hmm. you know, making the small figurines, stuff like that. But I kind of predict that, here in another year or two um the way the technology usually goes because right now it looks like you know for the actual screen that they're using it looks like a little small like you know an iphone right screen right you know it's about the size of like an iphone 4 you know the old the smaller screens is what they're using and i'm just like well it won't be long till they're you know basically able to man you know manufacture use all the uh, cheap android tablet screens so you know a 10 inch 8 inch screen wow that'd be pretty impressive actually exactly you know um since all it's doing is just you know pumping out uv light you know it doesn't need a million pixels you know you just need you just need to get the sourcing so that instead of like i said making a million pixels you know screen you're just all you're doing is putting out a uv screen Hmm. i mean they're gonna make these these things much much bigger and and cheaper because like i said i right now i've seen on sale, um, similar similar printers to what uh, to what uh, Spencer has. I've seen them as low as two hundred dollars to about two fifty for that style of printer right now. Wow. Is what they're going for. So pretty amazing. That is pretty amazing, and the detail that you can get. I mean, Spencer printed out a bunch of stuff for his hundred, you know, one sixth scale F F sixteen, and it was amazing because I mean it. It was little pedo tubes, and they he printed out these little um, we call them uh, static wicks that are just really tiny. It's really amazing how much detail you can get. So it's pretty crazy. The technology is coming, you know, way faster than we can keep up. I think. <laughs> well, it's kind of neat living into the future. That's kind of what it is. Yeah, that's true. You know? I guess right. You can't can't go wrong with that. Oh. I mean, as a kid, I, you know, I was amazed when I I saw the first Commodore computer. That's and I true. remember playing the first D and D game on that computer. <laughs> you know, it was big and chunky, and uh, we needed a uh, uh, <laughs> we had to wheel it around on uh, you know one <laughs> on of those cart, lift things, yeah. you know, like a cart things, you know, to to move the whole damn thing around. And now think about the power you have on just a little knockoff Android tablet. Oh, I know, right? For eighty eighty five dollars, that has you know high resolution screen, sure. Has thirty two gig gigabytes of memory, you know, and it costs under a hundred dollars. Well, it was one of those things. I think I was at the uh, Smithsonian Museum, the National Museum of Natural Science, or whatever it was, where they actually have a display of the first computer, and it takes up like you know twelve feet of space, and it's you know twelve feet tall, twelve feet long, and it weighed like you know a million pounds, and they're like this. This had the equivalent of you know technology in it that that would would power like your 
one step above a number two pencil. You know, I mean, it, was, it wasn't very much. Yeah. wasn't very much power. You you now have like ten thousand times the power in your wristwatch uh, or your iPhone. You know, when I was in the Air Force, you know, and I I was a nuclear missile launch officer. So you know, people were like, "Oh man, that must be really cool down there. You're surrounded by all these computer, you know, high tech computers and stuff." Sure. Well, people were really amazed when they came down there, and they were like looking at all our stuff, and they're just like, huh, um, wow, um, so uh, these are the computers and stuff that you use? And I go, oh, yeah, uh, that, that right there is the main computer. And they go, well, what's that sign on the side of the box or whatever? And I said, oh, it's a, the, you mean the one that says two-man lift? And they're like, <laughs> yeah, what, is, what does that mean? And it goes, well, if the maintenance guys come or we have to go in there, you need two guys once you take it out of the container because it's so heavy to right, pick it up. right. Sometimes we had, if we were in the uh, demo uh, uh, missile tubes or whatever, silos, we would have, uh, you know, a, a mock-up of one. And I'd open up the drawer and show them, and i go, well, this this is the hard drive, you know, and it weighs 105 pounds. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and they're like, wow, 105 pounds. Well, you know, how much room does it have on it? And I go, <laughs> uh, basically the equivalent of, uh, you know, uh, five gig. you know, I think, no, it wasn't even five gigs. It, well, it had to be in a kilobytes it, or something, right? Yeah, it wasn't kilobytes, but I mean, it was it was really. I think it was. Oh, I think it was like five megs. It was five or ten megs. Wow, was all I had on it. You know, for all the keeping all the targeting data and stuff. And I go, yeah, well, this stuff was all made. You know, shortly, shortly around the same time period as you know when they went Apollo went to the moon. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the same. It's the same. You know, systems. And and people are like, really? And I go, yeah. So if you think about it, now, the computing power in these things, I said most digital watches, you know, the little $5 knockoff watches you get, you know, for nothing, I go, you realize that that watch has more computing power than this whole 105-pound, you know, contraption. And people were just amazed. And I said, the other amazing part about this is the guys that went to the moon their system was even smaller. I mean, it was actually larger, but it was actually smaller. It had less capabilities. Less, less computing this system. Con- yeah. Less yeah, computing. less computing power. And they went to the moon. Yeah, that's that. amazing. It's just <laughs> you know, crazy. I go, I don't know if I want to risk my life on, on something, you know, as basic as this. So, yeah, we, we are living in a fantastic time, man. Well, the new missile air guys are in there with an iPad that just go, hey, watch this. Would you like to play <laughs> beep, boop, a game? <laughs> Actually, uh, that references uh, to an old movie called uh, War Games. Probably, uh, hey. probably don't know what that is. Most of the guys, the well, younger maybe, guys listening yeah, to this, any of our know. listeners under the age of twenty-five don't. That's but true. I'm sure, everybody else does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's amazing. Uh, sounds like you're having a really good time with your three D printer, and it's getting much better. I'm assuming. I would say it's I, I'm understanding my printer much better, and I'm and now when I have successes, you know it was fun when things worked, but now I know why they're working is much more satisfying. You know right. now I understand why it's doing what it's doing as opposed to it just did something and it's like hey, that's kind of neat. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm enjoying it a lot more. Um, like I said before, I think uh, the last podcast we did, my next challenge is learning more of how to design stuff in the right. CAD programs. Um, that's really the, the challenge. Now that I kind of got the printer printing okay, I need to figure out how to make designs and make things, you know, work 
And right. as you know, you know, whenever we're together and we're working on something, now the cool part is, you know, theoretically, if we kind of come up with an idea for a gadget or for something to make something work, well, I could prototype, in theory, I could prototype it out. But at this stage, that's my weak spot. I, oh, know, right, I, right. I, may, I may have an idea for the widget. It's just trying to make the widget come to life on the CAD program. Sure. Well, that's, so, I mean, that's that makes where, sense. That's where I'm at. I think it's trial by accident. Is that what you call it? The uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I I just do it, and then I'm like, oh crap, that didn't work. And then accidentally, I try something different, and it works. So exactly I know how that works. Wow, that is crazy. Well, I'm glad that you're at least printing stuff, you know, for your airplanes and at least getting stuff out. I'm interested am, to see interested to see about this whole wing, how this wing works, because it looks like it has a camber to it, and you know, it sure I'll be, does. I'll be. Uh, now, is it a whole airplane or is it just a section? The part I printed out was just a, uh, you know, the guy selling his plans. Oh, So he gotcha. gives away a, right. free, a free section or, or just I a little gotcha. test part for the, for the plane itself. And this is just the tip of the wing. Right. And what it's for is to help people get their machines calibrated or not, not calibrated, I should say, uh, getting their slicer software. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the part, like I said, it slices it up and figures it out and you can kind of you know, change all the settings, like, you know, how, what temperature you're going to do the plastic at. Sure. Um, they have this thing called a, like a retraction rate. So that is, as it's laying down the, pr- the plastic in one direction, and as it goes in the other direction, um, what happens is like you might, you know how you melt plastic and sometimes you get a little string, uh-huh. like it yeah. little, like break off little strings. Right. Well, that kind of happens with this thing and you, and you don't want to drag that string down your whole print because now you have the stringing thing and fuzz oh, hanging off true. the print as it's, right, as it's right. getting dragged around. So you have to tell the uh, extruder motor that as it's as it's pushing the plastic through it, that as it gets to the end of, you know, it's making a curve or it's going back the other direction, mm-hmm. you have to tell it that you want to suck the plastic. Instead of going forward, you want it to go back, you know, a couple of millimeters. Oh, gotcha. And that basically sucks the plastic out of the hot end that's melting the plastic. Right. And so, therefore, it's not ooze like, you know, it's kind of like you're going somewhere and you say, okay, stop, you know, stop the plastic from coming out. It does, but the plastic will still ooze out by gravity. It's like a right? glue gun. Yeah, like a glue gun. Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. like a glue gun. So this is basically taking that glue, you know, you're grabbing the glue stick and pulling back on it. And it, it literally sucks the, you know, the, the, the plastic that's in the nozzle back up. Right. So it doesn't drip out. I- it's called a retraction rate. So you might have to, you know play with that a little bit to stop your stringing and sure. stop, you know, stop from oozing out. So there's just all sorts of, you know, as you're figuring this out, you, you, I'm learning something new about something, something else, you know, as I'm, I'm getting, you know, I printed out the, the, the part, but it's a block, but it's all bumpy or it's all, you know, <laughs> this doesn't look anything like what I saw wavy. in my head. <laughs> yeah. So I printed the part, uh, but it's not exactly like it's supposed to be, or I have to right. spend half an hour with a chisel and uh, you know files in order to make it <laughs> to make fit it into round. each other to fit in this one spot. So. That's funny. Well, that's good. Well, excellent. Well, man, our hour is up, but I uh, wanted to tell everybody that our YouTube channel is uh, once again it's live. Oh, hey, that's yeah. right, that's right, dude. So uh, uh, we actually have two episodes thing, on there uh, now. Wings yeah, sure. Wings Over Springs was the first video we did. Yeah, but yep. you just put out. What last uh, week's uh, podcast? I did. I just put the podcast out, and then I put the week before podcast out. Yeah. So, 
so if you're on YouTube, uh, jump on our, our YouTube page and you can listen to the podcast while you're surfing the Internet or if you're at your computer. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you can leave comments. I know we've uh, already got a few subscribers, and um, that's always good to have those guys. We'll try to put more videos on there. Um, I, I do have my GoPro cameras, and so we're going to try and get some stuff on there. I think Philip uh, from up in Minneapolis, he went to uh, Oshkosh, and uh, he was, you know, talking to me, texting me, and he's like, hey, do you guys want a, uh, you know, kind of a synopsis of it? And I'm like, yeah, throw a video together and send it over to us. We can throw it on there because that's all full-scale stuff. But they do have, you know, some AMA um, models right. and everything up that direction. So so I think he's going to do a little video for us, uh, put that, and we'll stick yeah, that on Yeah, in fact, I think the E-Flight guys were out there. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because yeah, I think they were with the guy who, oh, what is the name of that plane? It's uh, It's called the Draco Draco. I, I think I sent you I think I sent you this plane. It's it's basically like a souped up um it's a souped up bush plane. It can land anywhere. Oh yeah, that guy just crashed it, I think. Yeah, he did he did. Yeah, he just yeah. he just broke the wing right off the top of it. Yeah. So he did crash it unfortunately, but the real uh, one when I saw the a real video, Draco. Yeah, the real Draco mm-hmm. plane. Mm-hmm. But I remember seeing the guy, the owner of that, was talking to the E flight guys and they were kind of hinting at they were working on something. So, you know, I'm not a rocket scientist, uh, but I'm yeah. going to say they're going to probably bring that aircraft out. Probably maybe so. Not, maybe not this for Christmas, but maybe they might do it for spring next year or something right, like that. Right. So, cause, you know, the, the production of these things usually take a year, year and a half. That's true. Years, you know, yeah. to bring out, you know. Well, that airplane, uh, the real airplane's a uh, Wilga. It's a Russian Wilga. And he put Wilga, a, that's it. Yeah, it's he put a, a turbine, right? a turbine engine on it, which was a total modification then he took the uh, tires off because they normally have really tiny tires, and he put these huge put tundra the, tires. Alaskan, Alaskan. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he tundra he like has on. the record or something for nineteen feet or eighteen feet takeoff and like a sixteen foot landing or something. It's really something ridiculous. But uh, yeah, I saw actually a video. Um, actually, Philip I think sent me one and a couple other guys because they know I'm pilot. Uh, I got a, several of videos from different people and. Uh, he's already working on a new project. So, he, you know, he was a pretty good guy. Very rarely these days do you have anybody that takes responsibility, and I have to give it up to him. Uh, he, you know, he basically said it was my fault. I should have, you know, done things differently. And because I didn't do things the way I wanted them, you know, the way I should have done, my airplane's no longer with me. So, you know, as much as that, that goes for the real aircraft and your life is on the line with a real airplane. I think that that probably holds true to the RC world as well. We can kind of convert that over and say, you know, if it doesn't feel right, don't do it. You know, don't take the risk. Don't take the chance. Uh, I mean, you and I kind of just went over that last podcast or so where we we're like, yo, yep, yep, crap. Holy yep. you know? <laughs> dude, I've, I've lost three of my bigger planes. I know what's you know, up with I, that. My Cherokee, and you know my my Mustang. You weren't there for the Cherokee, but you know the uh, Cherokee, the Mustang. You were there for that. And once again, uh, it was just like one of those things where you know you looked over it, I looked over it. I you know we both knew something wasn't right, yeah. and you know should have stopped. That's that's what you get. You know, I mean, it was just I I think had I I think had we known earlier, you know, like if it hadn't been the last day. It hadn't been the second trip down where I didn't get to fly it, right? I mean, there was all kinds of right. pressures well, on dude, there. Well, dude, you know, like like I said, I, I used to do, you know, safety and stuff in the right. Air Force. And never did I ever get a safety report from somebody that was in, a, in an accident that said, you know, oh, well, I, I 
this just happened out of the blue. It right. was always just like you were saying, well, we were in a hurry. Right. Well, we, <laughs> exactly. we, just, we were just taxing the aircraft from over there to over here. Right. Um, you know, what could possibly go wrong? So I didn't put my seatbelt on. I didn't, right. you know, put the safety guard on because I was just moving it whatever and you know next thing i, I knew, didn't you know, arm I the ejection i armed the, the i didn't disarm the ejection seats and now i'm in the <laughs> yeah, next exactly, county because exactly well yeah no it, it, that's exactly that's exactly right right normally you put the pins in whenever once yeah, it lands sure. and safe it and other guys well we had to, we knew we were going to work on the seat blah 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 and we we're just going to throw some fuel in it so i didn't put the pins in it right you know because we were just dragging it over there putting it in the guy was going to jump back in there next thing boom he you know he got ejected out because <laughs> <laughs> you know because his flight suit was uneven, and he stood up right. to, you know, do his zipper. And, and you know, he pull the handle. It's just dumb things. Exactly, by accident. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I know. Well, the good news is, though, is that you have space now. You That whole bottom shelf is now open for that big airplane that you have. Because yeah, it's going to take up both sitting, spaces. <laughs> I, I like the little guy just sitting there. He's I know, yeah, the electrolyte or whatever. That's another one we yep. didn't get to fly very well. We tried to fly it a couple times. but Nope, nope, nope. Actually, there's several planes on there that need to be flown or remade. Yeah. So, yeah, I got a, yeah. I got a bunch of stuff. But the good news is the weather. fall is here. Yeah. Weather's and uh, nice. it, it has gone below 100 degrees. This is true. So, you know, record record season here in, in Texas this year. That's amazing. So, so. well, we're uh, getting nice weather here, too. I think we've had uh, the second week in a row where we were uh, well below 100 degrees. And uh, <laughs> I've got the windows open, you know, all that kind of stuff at the house. <laughs> so, so, uh, so funny. Yeah, I know, right? But so anyway, well, I, snow, I have about. It's snowing uh, with my friends back in Alaska. That's why. Exactly. I that, you know. Uh, so it's finally under 90 degrees. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it was terrible. It got up to 80 degrees in Alaska this year. Oh, we were sweating. And- exactly. Well, the good news is I only have a few more weeks uh, left of training, then I'll be back home, and uh, hopefully um, maybe I can come out and you see you or do on. something. We'll, we'll figure something out. The holidays yep, are coming yep. around. Oh, so. That's right. And the, and the holidays are almost upon us. Yeah, so, yeah. so we have a Christmas episode coming out pretty soon, too, to talk about all of our <sighs> all of our neat gifts and you know what we would get for Christmas and I think we still have Shannon Gallagher that he uh, he wants to come on and talk about the Electric Fest early, so we'll uh, we'll do that. Um, but for now, uh, I guess Halloween's right around the corner. I wish everybody a happy Halloween. Spooktacular. Ooh, spooktacular. <laughs> maybe you'll get maybe you'll get an airplane for uh, for Halloween instead of candy. I'm gonna be shot. I'm gonna be going to all the all the guys that have RC airplanes. Hey, trick or treat! Yeah. When they give me candy, I'll be like, Yeah, you suck. Yeah. Where's my I got all I got was a bunch of control arms. I know Ugh. exactly. Where's your servos? I need some receivers. That's what I'm gonna hold up. Oh, was, Do you have any of these? No, I've got some Snickers bars. He just gave me a bunch of you know zip ties. <laughs> Who that guy that lives in, in that in that house? So he's gonna be weird things. That's awesome. Well, we are gonna have to uh, get back with Mike in uh, next episode. See what he's been doing. I know he. Uh, I was talking about going out at a couple of new fields. Uh, matter of fact, he and I talked about while I'm here in Dallas, we might go out and visit a field or two. So hopefully well, I get can on get, it. Yeah. Hopefully it sounds like it's time. in the budget. So you guys get on it. Yeah, we will. So if I can get a break, you know, they got me in school all day. So it's, uh, once again, it's work. It gets in the way of my playtime. What can I say? Unlike you. You just need to go up to him and tell him, do you know who I am? I know. <laughs> I'm barking up the wrong tree there. 
Well, once again, uh, I'm going to mention our uh, YouTube channel. That's live. Uh, Facebook at Park Flyer Podcast Listeners Group uh, continues to grow. We appreciate all those uh, people who are spreading the word. And uh, looking forward to the next episode here in two more weeks. So maybe we'll uh, hear what Mike's been doing and and, uh, get a report from him and uh, talk to Spencer again about the best in the West uh, since it was um, a week or so ago. Uh, Other than that, man. Let's get out there and go some. You can get out there and fly, and the weather's getting better. I still have to stay here in Dallas and study, but maybe we'll get out to a couple of fields and report on that. So if you're in Dallas, Sounds good, send bud. us an email and let me know where your field is. Hopefully I can get over there and say hey. Sounds good. All Let's right. get out and fly. Cool. Well, from uh, I'm Michael from Arizona. Temporarily in Dallas. Temporarily in Dallas. <laughs> and Jay from the hills of Texas. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye-bye. Let's fly. You have been listening to the Park Flyer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we look forward to your next visit. Please give our show a star rating and review, and feel free to email us your questions, topics, or suggestions to parkflyerpodcast at gmail.com.